You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. See what the the, the Netflix documentary? I did, man. Yeah, and that made me. Do you know about this, Jay? There's a, a documentary on Netflix uh, called. Mm. Um, I don't remember what it's the, called. The Last Blockbuster. The Last Blockbuster. Oh, it's, really? It's actually in your old stomping ground. It's in uh, Oregon. In Portland. Yeah, yeah it's in, uh, it's in uh, uh, Bend, or Oregon. Bend, Bend yeah, Oregon. Right. Yeah, right on the uh, outskirts. What is that, about half an hour away from Portland? It's um, mm. Bend's probably about an hour and a half. Maybe away. a little longer than that. Yeah, maybe about two hours. Yeah, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of inconveniently away from <laughs> It yeah, does look yeah. like uh, it's in the middle in of the nowhere. middle of the state. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, when you when you think of Oregon and you hear Portland, you know you think of like Portlandia, right? You think of all these hipsters, but uh, yeah, the rest of Oregon kind of looks like the rest of Texas. Like it is fucking rural. Like it is like farmland, yeah. and uh, yeah, you've uh, find some some diehard Republicans out in those lands. Uh, and yeah, that's kind of what the owner of this uh, last blockbuster feels like. Uh, but uh, yeah, fascinating documentary. But mostly, just kind of made me miss that experience. I didn't realize how much I just forgotten that experience. Uh, mm-hmm. And not- yeah, I got the nostalgic feels like, like oh wow, it was yeah because I work well, I worked for the company, but I worked for the company in like that middle phase. So it was like ninety three to mm. like ninety six. That's that's about when I worked there too. When yeah, they're, they're and trying and, to find and, themselves. And the, the first one I worked at was in Washington D.C., um, and it was the Oxford shirt mm-hmm. before the before the polo. So you had to have a, like a, a real, oh, wow. genuine Oxford Oxford button down dress shirt. Fancy, and you had, you had to absolutely have a tweed belt. Yep. <laughs> like you could not be that. like, you know. And then there was like that day where they're like, oh, you know what? You know, fine, you know, patent leather belt, that's fine. You know, it was like <laughs> yes. And, but you could play movies, anything that was up to like PG thirteen mm-hmm. in the store on the three different uh, TV monitors that were located in the. And then what was it? Ninety four, ninety five. Then they started Blockbuster Video News, and it was like a thirty minute. Oh my god! Uh, you had to stop it, and rewind yes, it, and play it again, and it was just mm-hmm. like if you worked an eight hour shift, you saw that thing like. 16 times oh no it's the worst it just, yeah uh, yeah just steadily going down because then i worked at one in austin off of uh guadalupe like near the university so oh, yeah. it was kind of interesting that was that, that yeah. happening place um yeah like like sandra bullock came in one time Ooh, fancy wow house in uh in austin that's and, right but, but the my biggest brush was with uh, uh what's his uh please Ozzie say mcconaughey came. oh who? No, I, no, Ozzy Osbourne came in. <laughs> really? Yeah, I worked the so I worked the day shift. It was me and my manager, and um, he comes in, and you know, because you know how it's like diamond shaped kiosk thing. Mm-hmm. There was like a you know, there's the the two breezeways. So him and his like manager guy, they come in. They're wearing tracksuits, <laughs> Timberland boots, and they and they reek of cologne. And I'm just like typing away. You know, charging people two dollars and twenty five cents for a late charge or whatever <laughs> to to mail them a letter that says you owe you owe yeah. two dollars. I can't believe that business model <laughs> for, was unsustainable. For days yeah. yeah, for days and confused. Mm-hmm. And so they 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 come in, and then the guy, not Ozzy, but the the his his manager guy, mm-hmm. comes over and is like, "Oh, do you have World War Two documentaries?" <laughs> I'm like, "Uh, yeah, they're they're over here," and I show him, and then Ozzy comes up behind me. I look down at his knuckles, you know, and he's got O's, E's, E, Y. I'm like, I'm like, holy shit, that's really Ozzy Osbourne. So I knew my manager more so than me. He was a, a few years. I was about 22, 23. Mm-hmm. 
this guy was like in his 30s so he was like ex-metalhead and all that stuff yeah so I, I darted back to the to the the office in the back i said look up at the screen dude do you see who that is he's like no because he had like a ponytail and he had like uh like reading glasses on he looked like oh, yeah. a old, in disguise you know like re- retiree or something mm-hmm. and i'm like that's ozzy osborne he's like fuck you he's <laughs> like no it's not i said go go see for yourself yeah. he went out there and he came back running back he's like <gasps> and he was like how can i help you guys yeah they sure bought, they bought like 350 dollars worth of like merchandise what yeah because they were he was using the arena at the university to rehearse for his like impending tour oh yeah so he was like he had like a, an apartment or a house he was renting and they came in a couple of times and then the one time they came in they they borrowed and this is you know obviously before cell phones they borrowed the phone but our yellow pages <laughs> and then they swiped them that's wow he was awesome. like, you know do you have some yellow pages I could put? and i said yeah here here you go and he walked out of the store with him and they were sitting in the car and um i got in the one guy was like hey what are you doing i'm like well i'm like ozzy has our yellow pages i'm waiting for them to bring them back and he's like they're driving away i'm like oh, son of a bitch. stole our yellow pages <laughs> who's gonna stop him yeah he can just fucking steal oh, anything God. with impunity and the only other one was the bush daughters because uh, yeah. he was the governor at the time, mm-hmm. and the governor's mansion was like right down the right down on, on Congress, and so Jenna and I can't yeah. remember her, the other yeah. one's name, Ellie or whatever. They were they were underage. They're in high school, mm-hmm. and they would come in, and I'm not no bullshit. They would come in, and they would rent Days of Confused and like <laughs> Up in Smoke, <laughs> of course, and all, these pot, all these like, yeah. pot, and then it had the restriction thing where like you had to call the parent. No. Remember, no. Do you remember that? The fl- mm-hmm. Yeah, I do, but... You'd ever call the parent and say, do you allow you know, your son or daughter to rent the you know, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show or what, you know, whatever rated our <laughs> no, movie? No, the answer is were... no, always to that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> to that movie. Well, for, like, for various sure, reasons. Sure. But like, yeah, no. And I, so I wound up talking to... What is it? Laura? Laura? No way! Laura. Yeah, so the I'm like... First lady. Um, I'm like I'm like, this is Jason at Blockbuster, and uh, can Jenna rent Days of Confused? And she was cool with it. <laughs> she's like, yeah. She's like, yeah. Go ahead, give him. I give him permission to rent that. They probably told her it was like a documentary. Uh-huh. I, I I have the I have that. I mean, obviously the credit cards are not valid anymore. Yeah, but no, I, I no. had George Bush. I had George Bush's credit card and uh, nice. credit card. Because they just printed them out on those dot matrix printers, you know, like. Yes, I remember. Do back on Tuesday. Wow, it's the only time you'll hear George W. Bush and Ozzy Osbourne in the same story. In the same story, right? Two polar opposites. Keep Austin weird, right? That's right. Those are the types of stories you're going to hear on uh, this podcast. This podcast is the 16-Bit Gladiators. That's right. It's our video game-themed podcast. Sometimes we talk uh, VHS and Blockbuster, uh, as you heard from uh, our lovely uh, guest host today, Jason Forno, joining us. Hello, Jason. Hello. Those stories and more to come, uh, but also, of course, as always, Jay Gunn, uh, my right-wing man. Jason, what I think we'll have you do um, for our uh, first-time guests, as you are on this episode, uh, we always like to have... A little background on kind of your video gaming history. Uh, uh, I know uh, Jay and I go way back to the Atari 2600, uh, but mm-hmm. nowadays we've kind of uh, diverged. Jay is more of a PC gamer. Uh, I am strictly consoles okay. and uh, admittedly kind of behind the curve. Uh, where do you consider yourself uh, as a gamer? Um, yeah, like I said, I was 47, and so <laughs> I definitely, we, you know, the Atari 
2600 is mm-hmm. where um actually you know me you know uh, was it coleco vision oh god did mm-hmm. you have that it was coleco vision no yeah. i had a neighbor that had that so mm-hmm. i was like i saw pong and and a couple other various games before i even saw an atari 2600 mm-hmm. and my my mother worked at ibm in tucson oh and oh, so wow. yeah and so she had this uh hip boss and he just gave her like as a christmas bonus here's here's here give us you know the kids all love this stuff now Take oh wow your, you know here you can give this to your kids for christmas so oh. that was like uh we opened our presents christmas morning and then then they were like oh we have this extra gift and my sister who's uh six years older than me so she was about 13 or so mm-hmm. uh you know so we just lost our minds we we're wow. like oh, when we were that thing it only had the one game uh like combat mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man so we had to like uh, find other games or like I had other friends in elementary school that had games. Um, definitely adventure. Oh yeah. Good. So many hours, so many hours uh, playing that. Yes. Uh, the, the infamous uh, ET game. Oh, yes. We all had that. Even the Pitfall. Loved Pitfall. Oh yeah. Pitfall was great. So, that, so when Uncharted came around, I was like. Mm, it's basically yeah. Pitfall. Hey, yeah, there you it's, go. Basically Pitfall. Go. So like, I'm like, yeah, like, I, I can dig this. Nice. I remember playing that, but then honestly, we moved down to Florida, mm-hmm. and I got into music. I didn't have a, t- I didn't even own a TV or watch uh, t- television. Uh, so I graduated ninety two. So like ninety two to two thousand two, it's like, yeah, that's like, uh, that's kind of like crucial Rick, to uh... Rick and the Walking Dead. Just, <laughs> I'm like, wow. what? What happened? Seinfeld? <laughs> just, <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, that's one of the crucial components of playing video games is the actual TV sure. that they plug sure. into. So understandable. So then I then I then I find myself with a roommate. He's working at Blockbuster. I'm a manager at a theater, mm-hmm. and he's got a PlayStation Two. Mm. And I'm like, "What are you playing?" He's like, "It's called Grand Theft Auto Vice City." Yes, nice. And I was like, "Holy shit!" That's what sucked you back in. You're like Captain America, like you got frozen in the ice for uh, yeah. millennia. But uh, no, so I've been really uh, uh, super dedicated. Uh, uh, I'm just PlayStation through and through. Yeah, so you're, so you're PS4 now. No Xbox for you. No Nintendo Switch. Uh, my daughter has a Switch, oh, yeah. and she just goofs around on like Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing, and, yeah, yeah. Her and most yeah. other people. Well, you'd never know yeah. it from the conversation uh, we've been having, but uh, this week's topic is video game developers. That's right, some of our favorite uh, <laughs> video game developers. No, no, thanks for giving us your history there. I always like to get a little background uh, so that the listeners have some context when we start shitting on uh, games or platforms, uh, or in this case, praising them. Uh, because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite video game developers. Uh, and I should stress that um, there's a difference between v- developers and publishers, right? We're not necessarily yes. talking about the publishers um, because sometimes they get a lot of credit uh, that is not due to them. It's due to the, mm-hmm. the developers, the makers behind the games. Uh, and mm-hmm. if you guys are so inclined, we can even get as granular as to talk about uh, specific individuals, uh, as I'm sure we will do, because uh, there are some, uh, some superstars in the video game world. Uh, that there some are. of us know by name. Uh, yeah, so, Dan, Dan, uh, Dan Hauser. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's now. Well, well, there you go. That's a good place to start. Who is Dan Hauser? Because uh, I am uninformed. Uh, the brainchild, him and his brother behind Rockstar. Oh, oh, there you go. So, well, yeah, yeah. Was it two, two years ago? He walked away two years ago. Oh, I heard about that. I, I believe it was. Yeah. What's yeah. What's the story behind that? I think he just. It's just creative you know, differences. Probably wants, to, probably wants to sit on like a private island for the rest of his life and count all of the money. Yeah, sounds like much. they've deserved it. Well, that's a good place to start. Then let's talk a little bit about uh, Rockstar Games. Uh, what's your What's your experience with them, Jason? 
Uh, well, I guess Grand Theft Auto Two mm-hmm. on PC. So it was a it was like what it was like a bird's eye view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of a top down view of the city and that kind of style mm-hmm. of the city overview. <laughs> Right. That's so crazy to think of Grand Theft Auto in that way because what we know today is, you know, third person, driving, running, mm-hmm. shooting. I've never played uh, that game. I'm, I am late to the Grand Theft Auto franchise, but uh, I, I certainly knew of that game. There is an indie uh, kind of a clone of the old school Grand Theft Autos. It's called Retro City Rampage. Yes, mm-hmm. I heard of that. Is fantastic yeah and it's a great homage to the to those to the first two grand theft autos for sure do, do you do you remember a game called uh midtown madness yes it was yes. set in chicago mm-hmm. and that was like so it was like light years ahead of of uh gta 2 yeah i remember them being like really kind of butthurt <laughs> about that and, and, then, and then guess what boom gta 3 looks exactly like midtown madness oh, really? yep. they borrowed yep. a little bit from them well, if you don't know Rockstar from uh, Grand Theft Auto, you'll know them from, uh, what, Red Dead Redemption, Parts 1 and 2, uh, another one of their mm-hmm. big games. What, what else yeah, are they responsible uh, for? Uh, Max Payne. Max Payne. Mm-hmm. Um, I always forget that they did Max Payne. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, there was uh, that, uh, like, private, uh, uh, it's called Bully. Yes, Bully. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Which finds its its way, there's, like, Bully references, and, like little because they love to put little re- referential Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. A crossover into all their different games like even mm. doesn't matter like what time period set in yeah they're yeah. and uh you know when i when i first invited you on jason you you told me you had strong opinions about uh rockstar and and naughty dog and kind of you kind of wanted to compare and contrast and having kind of immersed myself in in both of those worlds in the last couple of years uh played red dead redemption 2 played gta 5 uh but also played uncharted and last of us there's definitely a, a different style. You can tell both of those developers, uh, while they're you know both making AAA third-person games, uh, d- right. definitely they have their their different styles. You can kind of tell them apart. Do you prefer one of the studios over the other? The style of gameplay? Because I'll tell you right now, I'm I'm probably more of a fan of Naughty Dog than I am uh, Rockstar. Rockstar, I, I do like a good open-world game, but there's seem a little maybe too open-world. Uh, and, and maybe I'm just kind of a noob, but every now and then I've, I've found it in, in uh, Red Dead and I found it in, in GTA Five, where there will just be a specific challenge that I cannot for the life of me get past. And I will, it will stop me in my tracks and uh, I'll just I'll fucking rage quit. And I'll get frustrated and I'll, I, I've both of those games. I've gotten to a point where I haven't picked them back up, whereas Naughty Dog, I've blown through all of their titles. So for like the so I played Uncharted two first. Mm-hmm. It came with uh, when I upgraded my PS three. It was a bundle, and it came with with uh, Medal of Honor. Mm-hmm. And I played Uncharted. So that's how I was introduced to Nathan Drake. And and honestly, like I mean, there's always a, a debate, but like I for me, Uncharted two is it's going to be always the best one. That's your favorite for me. There's that bias because it's the first one yeah. that I played. And I immediately, as soon as I finished it, I went and I bought Drake's Deception mm-hmm. and played it, you know. And it was like when you have like a really great meal and you go back to the restaurant like the next week <laughs> and you want to duplicate that great meal. Yeah, you can never yeah. recreate and it. you're like, eh, it's never quite there. Yeah. yeah, it was not quite there. But yeah, so with Naughty Dog, Rockstar Games aren't, there's no uh, hard difficulty levels. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like you either have skills or you don't. Yes. And they don't they don't suffer fools kindly. I've I've learned that so, the hard way. So, yeah. the, so yeah. the Naughty Dog developers kind of like 
you know, we kind of want everyone to kind of have a little bit of fun playing this game. So like, you know, like noobs or experienced yeah, people can like, fucking video you know, game, of course, even just like a normie, like a, a mom could sit down and play. I'm going to play a little bit of uh, Uncharted yeah. you know? and uh, put it on easy and just like blow through, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of levels or whatever. But yeah, well, like with Uncharted 2, like I played all of those uh, and, and because of my OCD, I'm like a, a, a super, com- I, yeah. I'm a completionist. So mm-hmm. I want to, if it's there, if it's a trophy, if it's a medal, if it's any kind of an achievement, like I have to get it. And yeah. so, and even to this day, like I'm on my third Red Dead Redemption 2 game. Oh, wow. And I just got the the last gold medal that I, well, the last the trophy I needed was 70 gold medals on 70 missions. Oh my God. Which is like nuts. And there's like 110 missions in the game. That's crazy. And most of them have four, five, or six different requirements that you have to be met. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them are like timed. So a lot of people, you know, they get this sweaty palms and they're just like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so yeah, that's like, right. God. But yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely like, you know, Rockstar GTA 5. Like the first time I played that game, it was pitiful. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I could I understand. Like, Every mission, every mission was bossed, you know, slamming the car into, yeah. you know, uh, it's a little easier to, to get through an Uncharted or even a mm-hmm. Last of Us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, indeed. But still challenging enough. And, so, and I, and I guess maybe that's kind of the, the philosophy difference between those two studios. Like they, they, Naughty Dog definitely has a story. They definitely have a way that you want, they want you to play the game. They're, they're much more linear. Uh, in, in their storytelling than, than Rockstar yeah, is. because it's not an open sandbox. And... No, but they don't want it to be. It's it's more of a, a film experience, right? They want you yeah. to. Yeah, sure. And, and, and the I, I do kind of have to give the edge to them if we're doing a, a Rockstar Naughty Dog comparison because I I like their style of directing. I like their style of storytelling. Uh, the, the voice acting is always top-notch. Uh, Rockstar's right up there with them, too. Um, but but from a narrative standpoint and a, a thematic standpoint, um, I just think they're 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 making a different kind of game. Not better, just different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. GTA has been easily the the world's most popular game of all time. But I mean, they have no plans really for a six because well. GTA on, GTA Online is still. It's just raking in the money. It's like, yeah, it's like a slot machine. It's just like cha-ching, cha-ching, mm-hmm. cha-ching. There's that, no slowing it down. That is true. When they announced the the PS5, I remember the big uh, uh, stream that they had where they were going to talk about their, their launch games, uh, and we saw that GTA logo, uh, and then it turned out, no, they're just going to fucking recreate GTA 5 for next-gen yeah. because why you know, not? Why? Yeah. Why, yeah. why do why do that? And they, do, they do have it in the pipeline. Yeah. but It's like 2024 or something, right? If I could hedge a... I guess is that they're the pulse of what's going on right now. Mm, yeah. You know, they're going to, they'd have to take everything in a, in a, in a totally different direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it's story wise. I mean, they did say they did have one, they had like a very minor announcement. They said, it's going to be three characters. One of them will be female. Mm-hmm. Um, Good. Here's the thing. Like <laughs> you, there, there are more games. Sure. Rockstar has more, has produced more games. Mm-hmm. And a few more franchises, and Naughty Dog is really just kind of, you know, they're just kind of treading on like these two IPs that they've done. And I was very disappointed in the announcement that they're going to remake The Last of Us. I heard about that. I, I, you know, I, I was hoping that Spielberg was going to remake Jaws too. (laughs) 
Like it's a per, it's a perfect game. I know. Well, and they've already kind of why like, they've why already, are you gonna mess? What you know? What remake remake the Godfather? Yeah, <laughs> I sense sarcasm like, in your voice, Jason. Yeah, no, they, they've already yeah. remastered it once. Like it's you know mm-hmm. it, it came out on PS3. Yeah, it looks much better on PS4. No, no, no. Yeah, it's not a remaster. We're remaking the entire game, like with different voice acting and everything. Huh? Yeah, because Troy Baker tweeted. He's like. I didn't know He's about got it. nothing to do with it, huh? Which is also doubly odd because they're making an HBO show. So it's like, what are... Right, so now we're going to have three kind of different Last of Us universes? Yeah, they're they're really... Yeah, that may be why like, they're doing sort it. Of like, Warner, like Warner's DC yeah. uh, pitfall of like, yep. we don't know really what we want to do. Well, and they've we got that just, Uncharted yeah. movie coming out too. So I always feel like, you know, I, I said that their movie is a little more cinematic. It, it's kind of a Hideo Kojima thing where it's like, uh, I never really wanted to make video games. I always wanted to make movies. I'm going to make video games that feel like movies, whether you want to mm-hmm. play it or not. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Sure. I, I hope they, uh, they've got something else up their sleeve. Um, but I guess we'll yeah, find out. You know, I had followed all of those, you know, when, uh, who was it? Uh, Joe Carnahan, who did Nar- like Narc. Yeah, film director. He was attached, and he had what? He had Wahlberg and uh, playing uh, Drake, and every, of course, everyone's like, "No, no, he's Sully." And well, yeah, it's 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 so it's like been so long that he's been like he's been regulated to the Sully role. Oh, is like, that he's true? Like, he's aged <laughs> up so much that like, I know they got a fucking Tom Holland playing, crazy. which I think is like shitty casting. Like I don't want to see like Tom Holland does not feel like, from... well, you know, this is so weird. It's like, he would be perfect if they had, you know, like for that in the third game where they do, yeah, the flashback, the flashback, like, you know, they de- I mean, that's definitely riffing on Indiana Jones mm-hmm. third game. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then he's, you know, this little river Phoenix homage. Sure. And so, yeah, Tom Holland doing that. I mean, like he's younger, but th- that would have been perfect. But I mean, I, I see where they're going. They're, they're yeah. saying, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna Franchise dial it. it back so we can like squeeze out maybe two or five. three or four, five or six or seven movies." Of course, you know? I, so, I still think that if, if for casting a movie, especially a, an Uncharted, there's no better person than Nathan, Nathan Fillion. Fillion. Yes, man, and yeah, and and it's it was so great when he did those uh, that little uh, short. Mm-hmm. Well, it, was, it was about 20 minutes long, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah somewhere, somewhere around that. A couple yeah. of years ago. It's the closest thing to like an uncharted film we're going to get, I think. Yeah. Right, and, and Bruce Campbell is silly. How, how perfect is that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be really cool. I think they're going to do, you know, so after the fourth game, Uncharted uh, Uncharted 4 came out, I thought, you know, would they would they make a fifth one? Because they were like very adamant. Neil yeah, Druckmann was like, this, this is it. This is the end. Sayonara. There's no more. And we're, everyone's like, like, yeah, yeah, but you know, there's a mortgage on your mansion. So, <laughs> so uh, you guys have played the game, right? Or oh yeah, I haven't played the fourth oh, one. Yet, oh man. yeah, he's, he's about to spoil oh, yeah, some. Yeah. So, so the epilogue with the flash, you know, it flashes into the future mm-hmm. with the daughter. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, you know, the you know, if they were to do a fifth one, you rope in the brother Sam. Yep. Um, they already did it with and, the spinoff, the the Lost Legacy, right? Where we had Chloe. Yeah, and... which, that was yeah, that was a that was a really fun game. Yeah. Uh, and his daughter, I mean, because his daughter's been her whole life going with them on various expeditions, mm-hmm. and of course there would be that lure, you know, to kind of live this. You know, she don't want to live vicariously through her yeah, dad her or her mother. Yeah, or her uncle yeah, mm-hmm. um, or uncles, Uncle Sully. But mm-hmm. um, uh, but it, that's what it looks like because they're talking about doing a fifth game. So, I mean, that 
that's my guess. And I'm all for know. it, but uh, you know, if if the next Karate Kid and uh, 2017's Ghostbusters taught us anything, it's that uh, just you know, kind of switching gears and, and bringing females in doesn't uh, does not a uh, complete game make. I appreciate what they're doing, but uh, it, I, sure. I I almost <clears throat> think it needs to be its own thing. Like, don't even call it Uncharted. Yeah. Hey, here's an idea, Naughty Dog. Maybe we uh, branch out from our two franchises and uh, create some new IP. No, that's crazy. It would be interesting. Nobody's done this yet, Mm -hmm. but because games are so long, I mean, what like Red Dead Two is ninety. It was hundred hours, sixty-five hours hours of gameplay plus like all of the extra stuff. Side quests, yeah. You can't filter that down to two hours. Yeah, and it'd be entertaining. So, so HBO deciding to say, okay, we're going to do this Last of Us. They're they're essentially the first one saying, okay, we're going to take a video game property. And give it the you know the the miniseries treatment. Yeah, good. Which is honestly like the only way you could go. Yeah, that's right. Telling the story of the video game because you you know it takes you depend on your experience level a couple of days or a week or oh, yeah. you know however long you want to you know you you might even want to savor it. You play sure. it over you know like so long. They do. They cover so um, much ground both with story but also with character development. And I, I've said that yeah. before that like they they feel less like movies and more like long TV series where you get to know these characters yeah. and you, you see the, the different relationships and they're, they don't, they're not just um, a single note, you know, they change over time. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's what kind of endears the players to these characters is long form. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree. I definitely think TV is the way to go. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so, f- you know, with rockstar though, I mean, honestly, like red dead, that fir- the, the first game, God, I played that so many times, the ending of that game for yeah. so many people, that's like the you know, like where were you when JFK was shot? Like, <laughs> you know, where were you when the shuttle blew up? Right? You know, yeah. Or nine eleven? Mm-hmm. It was like, where were you? Mm-hmm. What were you doing when you were playing? And you saw like you know the end result for John Marston, mm-hmm. and that was the first time I played a game, and I was like really upset, and it was very yeah, I was very emotional. It was like I was like, oh my god, I cannot believe that I just spent all this time. Yeah. And uh, worked this hard and went through this whole entire journey with this guy, and this is how it ends. And mm-hmm. and then they like they just soften it. I I almost like I think I just didn't even play for a week or so because as as the son because I was just like I'm like I can't I don't even look at look at you kid because <laughs> so, <laughs> so upset like you know what happened with your dad. Oh so. yes. So when uh, Red Dead Redemption, when they announced it, you know, for years, it was like in development mm-hmm. and and I would just put it out of my mind. And I remember seeing the first trailer that dropped, what, two and a half years before it finally got released. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, it was like a movie you're really, really wanting to see. Because like, you know, before, like when like George Lucas would make a Star Wars film, it'd be like three years between. Right. So you'd be like, no, 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 I don't want to think about it. It's like I gotta wait three years. Yeah. So I don't want to think about it. <laughs> wait you know? until it's ready. Yeah. Right. So you know, call me, call me, call me, call me like a month before. Well, there's and a get trailer. All... Right. Yeah. But but I remember we were at home uh, watching TV. My wife, my wife and I, and I stood up and I'm like, I'm gonna go to GameStop. She's like, what? I'm like, I'm going to GameStop. I'm gonna go buy this game. <laughs> and she's like, it's like ten o'clock at night. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go buy this game, and then I played it for the next four months. Yeah, wow. yeah, you were heavy into that. I remember you saying at the time. Yeah, it, it was, was, it was like, a lifestyle for you. Yeah, it was like, I, w- I wonder how many divorce attorneys <laughs> over this game because it was like 
It was like, um, yeah, I don't have time to talk to you right now. No, yes, yeah, living <laughs> my second life in the old yeah. west. All right, well, before this devolves into a Naughty Dog Rockstar uh, episode, as we're over 40 minutes in, uh, let's move on, because we are talking about video game developers. There's a big list to go through. Absolutely, and, sure. Uh, I think I'm going to throw it to Jay, then, uh, to so uh, move this along. What's what's one that comes out? What, what's a favorite of yours, as far as well, video game developers? Well, I mean, if it's not obvious... Um, <laughs> as he, he hoists his Nintendo 64 shirt. <laughs> Nintendo yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Nintendo um, ah, as sure. a both developer and a publisher, I guess. But mainly because they're essentially my top two series of video games like of all time, and that's Zelda and Metroid. I knew it. Um, okay. I started both of those games when they originally came out like then you know in 87 i yeah. think it was mm-hmm. and you know zelda was like but well technically both of them i had i had heard of metroid uh because i saw it in a um this was pre nintendo power it was mm-hmm. the nintendo fan club magazine and i had seen some stuff on on metroid in there but i never heard of a zelda and uh i had gotten it for christmas it was just this you know, the gold cart and everything came in. I was like, what the hell is this? I've never, oh, you know, yes. never seen anything like this before. And instant hooked from the, you know, the moment I put it in, I was hooked on this thing because it was so different from anything else that was on the system at the time. You know, you had, you had tons of platformers, you had old school shmups, the, the little space shooters and mm-hmm. things like that. But suddenly you have this, again, for all intents and purposes, this adventure game that, yeah, uh, had never really been done like that before. Yeah, it was like the first game that kind of attempted to tell a, a bit of a story, or at least the one, exactly, the one that I yeah. played. It was very loose. It was, you know, hey, save the princess, yeah, oh, yeah. and in order to do that, you got to find X, Y, and Z. Uh, mm-hmm. Formulaic, but they invented but it was the like formula. Environmental storytelling. Yeah, yes. it was like environmental storytelling. Absolutely. And that that was what I guess kind of drew me to it because it, it literally, you know, it was years later. I actually uh, was reading about when. Uh, Miyamoto had uh, come up with this idea mm-hmm. of how as a kid, you know, he would go into caves and he would, you know, collect bugs and mm-hmm. he would, uh, you know, do his adventures and stuff just around Japan. And that's basically what he wanted to evoke yep. with this game. And it was like that, you know, as me playing it for the first time, I was like, this is like, you know, being able to go out on an adventure. I, I lived in San Antonio at the time. And uh, we had uh, just like this trail, but it led to like this cliffside that you could <laughs> climb up and down. So I remember doing that kind of stuff as a as a you know as an actual kid. That's cool. And being able to to kind of get that feeling in a video game was just oh, just kind of blew me away. I do remember so, uh, coming across yeah. uh, certain formations of rock, uh, mm-hmm. and there was always a little section that looked a little different. I'm like, man, I bet if I had a bomb. I could put mm-hmm. it right there, and there would be some sort of treasure chest behind that rock. Uh, Indeed. Yeah, that's Indeed. all thanks to, uh, to to Nintendo. And something else we about Nintendo, we've talked about it before. Them as a developer, they never lose sight of the actual gameplay. Like, playing right. their games is fun. Uh, you know, yeah. we, we spend a lot of time talking about Naughty Dog and Rockstar, and they make great games in their own right. But... Um, the gameplay itself isn't necessarily groundbreaking. Like right? you've still got a joystick, yeah. you're still running around, you're still pushing buttons to, to you know jump and climb and, and things that we've been doing in gaming for forty years. 
and, and, and it's not always the gameplay that drives you forward. It's usually more the story. It's usually the story, The yeah. progression of the yeah. character. Nintendo games are just fun to play. And if you want to, mm-hmm. if you've got 30 minutes to, to play a game, you're not going to uh, fire up Metal Gear Solid and watch a 40-minute cutscene before you actually right. get to do anything. <laughs> right. You're going to fucking exactly. plop in Mario and do a couple of side-scrolling levels. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, to this day, that's a philosophy behind Nintendo games. Uh, that's just been keeping them at the top. Yeah, totally agree. Indeed, indeed. I mean, even looking at like Breath of the Wild, you know, being yes. an open world game, and you could sink hundreds of hours into this game. I, I have. I've sunk hundreds of hours into the game, but it's still one of those kind of goes back to that same core philosophy of just pick it up and play because you could, you could literally just jump into the game and go do a shrine and you know, 15, 20 minutes and you're done mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, cool. I got my gameplay for, yeah. for you know, my, my little break for the day and I can, I can move on and do the rest. Of stuff. You feel like you achieved there for hours. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's my, all that's right. my number one for sure. Well, we're, we're starting off big with, with all the heavies. Uh, so I'm gonna keep it going because uh, Capcom for my money uh, nice. is probably, I mean, right up there next to Nintendo, has gotten more of my money uh, and more of my time and mind share uh, over the decades. And and when when I started kind of researching for this episode, uh, obviously they, they they show up a lot. But until you see them all on paper next to each other, just the different franchises that they that they have, uh, Indeed, their right? own IP. You know, starting with Mega Man, uh, and mm-hmm. then all from to to Resident Evil to Street Fighter, mm-hmm. the juggernaut that is the Street Fighter. They invented the whole fighting game genre. Uh, we did a whole yeah, episode on it a couple of months ago. Listen to our fighting game episode. Uh, and yeah, even, Monster Hunter. And even now Monster. today, there you oh go. Thank God, you. Hunter, Killing yes. it with uh, Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter is huge right now. I heard yeah. uh, that in Japan, um, Switches are um, sold. Well, they, they've always been hard to get by. Uh, but the release of that game has uh, single-handedly made Switches uh, hard to find. Yes. Yeah, so, Monster yeah. Hunter is massive in japan and it, and it's been on the portable systems because portable systems are are what is really big over there right now the you know so many people don't have the all the home systems so much anymore that's right and so yeah for for switch to get that and as good as it looks you yep. know because it it rivals uh monster hunter world which was on you know the ps4 and then the pc and stuff that's crazy um it's just it's crazy yeah. that they could that they could do that. The thing that I think stuck with me or sticks with me about that developer is um th- they've been able to kind of reinvent themselves over the years. Uh, they're mm-hmm. not known for like one particular genre. Um, you know, like I said, they went from two D platformers to fighting games uh, to horror. Like they've 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 got an answer for everything and was one of the first third party developers whose name I you really started to trust. Like they had enough cash. Uh, you know, goodwill built up behind their titles. That when you saw that Capcom logo, you were like, "I don't yeah. know what this game is, but it's it's made by Capcom, and that's good enough for my fifty dollars." Yeah, I love what they've how they've kind of brought the Resident Evil franchise back because mm-hmm. um, it you know for a while, like after Resident Evil Four, you know, five and six really started to lean into the action heavy. Yeah, they were trying some uh, new things. Yeah, they were trying some new things, and they weren't really working out so well for mm-hmm. what people wanted with a with a survival horror style of mm-hmm. game. And then they come back with seven, and it's like, okay, this is this is where it needs to go. And and now they've got 
what eight village or whatever coming yeah, out. It yeah. Looks amazing. So yeah. Yeah. I like how they're, I like how they're able to, uh, to kind of still stay nimble and, and pivot on things yeah. and not, not get stuck in a, in a rut essentially. Wish that our movies were a little better though. Maybe they can have uh, some better luck with some <laughs> of their other titles. But yeah. I cannot uh, recommend street fighter. Uh, all right. Uh, yes. Yeah, so that is, that is Capcom. Uh, one of, one of my, one of my tops of all time. All right, Jason, uh, we are going to come back to you. Uh, let's talk about another game developer that's near to your heart. Um, Square Enix, but because I'm such, I'm such a big Tomb Raider fan. Oh, interesting. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Were they responsible for Tomb Raider? Uh, they, well, Eidos was yeah, the original. Well, yeah. Eidos. And then it, yeah. uh, and then Square kind of bottom up. Oh, okay. Square Enix, they've got a lot of games under their belt, a lot of franchises. Mm-hmm. Of course, before, uh, you know, there were two different uh, companies, and then I guess they've gobbled up some other uh, developers in their wake. Uh, but yeah, certainly uh, when I hear the name Square Enix, first thing that comes to mind for me is Final Fantasy, and I've never even played a Final Fantasy game. But uh, Which I, is, I, yeah, which is my number three series is, it, is Final Fantasy, and that's where Square Enix was going to be one of my one of my developers sure. as well. Now, Jason, yeah, have you played sure. uh, Final Fantasy games, or is it strictly uh, the Tomb Raider series that you're a fan of? Um, mostly Tomb Raider, but I've, I've played Final Fantasy here and there, but like... Uh, it's it's mostly Tomb Raider, um, and I guess most recently my kid got a copy of Marvel's Avengers. Oh, oh, nice! Which they published, so I didn't know they were responsible for that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The a lot of people are kind of trashing on it, but I'm, at least from what Joe has told me, it it seems like it's an actual pretty fun game. Yeah. Like it's not uh, it's not the uh, uh, microtransaction fest that <laughs> people were afraid <laughs> that it was going to be at the beginning, right? I was kind of turned off by the the, the designs and the, the voice acting. I mean, because yeah. the, the MCU, like you know, when I, I I'm I'm endeared to Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Chris Evans' Captain America. Not so much the characters themselves, but those actors' representations of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. like to and hear kind of like discount versions. Of them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's just not quite the same. But uh, but yeah. yeah, that's not to say that uh, they're not a great developer and uh, have a a whole slew of uh, video game hits under their belt over the years. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, no. I think most people can, will kind of point to uh, th- their their storytelling. There were some of the original mm-hmm. storytellers in video games. Uh, you know, yeah. starting with uh, you know the Final Fantasy series, J- just being yeah. and, and doing it in the eight bit era. Um, you know, I mean, I mean nowadays when you've got filmmakers basically making your games, it's easy to uh, I say easy, but you know. The the blueprints are there for being able to tell a story in a video game, uh, yeah. But when all you had was text on screen and no voice acting uh, and these little sprites moving around, um, and yet they were still able to to grab you in uh, and tell some engrossing stories over the uh, mm-hmm. over their franchises. Yeah, Final Final Fantasy was another one of those ones, kind of like Zelda, where I I had never heard of it before, and and I got it again for, for another Christmas. I think it was eighty nine, and I think that I spent other than, you know, coming down for uh, grabbing something to eat or something to drink. I think I spent the entire weekend when I first got it mm-hmm. just up in my room playing <laughs> that game when it first came out. And there's another one of those that just that grabbed me. And I, I want to say it was oh, a couple of years later. Cause I, that was, that was shortly before going into, into middle school. And it was middle school when I started playing D and D. And there were so many things that I recognized, mm-hmm. uh, from monsters from the game, 
thinking, oh, crap, that's, that was in Final Fantasy. Come to realize it was because the Final Fantasy developers were big D&D nerds. Uh-huh. So they were, they were basically wanting to make their own version of D&D in, in this game. I had even followed it through other consoles. Like when, when oh, yeah. they were off Nintendo. Yeah, when they left Nintendo and they moved on to Sony, I bought a PlayStation for Final Fantasy VII. I bought a PlayStation Two for, for Final Fantasy X. Mm-hmm. You know, PlayStation Three for Final Fantasy Thirteen, which turned out to be kind of a mistake. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Square is Square is definitely, and of course they've been they've been a great, I guess, kind of shepherd for the for the Tomb Raider series. I, I was a little bit worried when when Tomb Raider twenty thirteen came out because of the the design for Lara was so different and right. I thought, okay, well it's you know, it's kind of like an origin story, so I'll give it a chance. And my God, it just blew me away when when they did it. I immediately had, of course, the Uncharted vibes because it oh, they sure. were so similar, but I don't know, it was like Uncharted, but almost a little bit more cinematic, I guess would be the the way to yeah, to do it. I'll agree with that. Because they had the diff- they had the you know the the they really kind of did things with camera angles and mm-hmm. um, kind of really I don't know, focusing in on, on characterization. Yeah. And especially with that character who we all kind of grew up with uh, back when mm-hmm. she had polygonal boobs back on the uh, yeah. PlayStation uh, and to mm-hmm. kind of see that character done right, because it would have been so easy to uh, kind of over sexualize her and reboot her yes. and make her kind of a Bayonetta like character yes. who is just this, the superhero, but the way that they, they, that they grounded her, uh, and tried to make her kind of a, a, a real character uh, mm-hmm. and, and somebody you could kind of root for. And it didn't feel like they were pandering to male teenage audiences. You know, this was like, yes. this is just yes. another character. She happens to be a woman, but she also kicks ass. And I, yep. I, I kind of felt like they were, they, they breathed new life into that series by making you respect that character. Absolutely. Yeah. There, there was definitely two, th- two things in, that factored into that were like the the two films that Paramount put out with mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie. Yes, mm-hmm. mediocre. They're ridiculous. Yes, yeah, ridiculous yeah. to me. Um, yeah, and the advent of uh, and the popularity of Uncharted, but trying to retool it, dial it back, give her a little bit of an origin story. Still trying to stick with the lore behind her, but the very least trying to humanize her a little bit. Yes. Because that's the one thing when you go back and you watch those like Angelina Jolie movies, like. Uh, you guys ever read? Uh, there, there's like, there's no save the cat moment whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, for her, she is just a v- unlikable character. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know, and it's not just and it's not, it's not a Mary Sue thing. It's it's a no, it's she's a, just unrelatable. Yeah. yeah, she's just just like you wouldn't even want to like meet that person. Yeah, like, yeah. let alone like <laughs> go on a, like a journey with them. Yeah, yeah, no, they they definitely never die, and you're just like, you know what? I I have shit I need to be doing. (laughs) So yeah, they they definitely miss the the character of Laura. Yeah, that's the thing. Like with 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 Nathan, you know, it's all Nolan North, you know, but that his self deprecating, you know, the the humor and uh, it's so palpable. It's uh, he he makes him so affable and likable. Mm-hmm. You just like, you you know, like you want to be friends with that character, like instantly. Yeah. He's and, really channeling uh, that uh, Harrison Ford. Either, absolutely. You know, lo- lovable, uh, you know, <laughs> goof that is always just a little bit in over his head. Yep. Never feels <laughs> like a superhero. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Like he, it's not like, yeah, it's not a, a tech thing or he's just, he just, you know, you just dig down deep, do what needs to be done and get under the next thing. And it's not like he's not doing it for, you know, uh, acc- accolades, like, or, you know, try to like bring down some like crime syndicate or whatever yeah. like that. You know, it's, um, it, there's like that for that care for the Drake character. It's a love of the history. Yeah. It's, and it's that, that line that everyone, well, everyone knows, you know, all the famous indie lines, but the, it belongs in the museum <laughs> is, is the heart of what that character is mm-hmm. about, you know, that it's, he's doing it for this very specific thing and it's for preservation. And it's not, it's not, it's not for, so yeah, fame and glory. Fortune. Yeah, fortune yeah. and glory. Yeah. yeah, well, that's what it is. Yeah. Fortune and glory. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, Indy always writes that line between like you know who doesn't want the fortune and glory. Of course, we're like, we'd all love to yeah. do that, but like, right. in the end, you know, like you know, uh, here here's your magic rocks back. You know? <laughs> <laughs> help, help, help grow your crops. Uh, whatever, you know? Well, so, uh, you've you've led us uh, down the right path because you're talking about Indiana Jones. And uh, that is, of course, uh, from the mind of George Lucas. Uh, oh, man, that's, a, that's a bunch of checkered games. And uh, <laughs> yes, Lucas uh, loved video games so much that uh, he started his own game company uh, known mm-hmm. as Lucas Arts uh, back in the '90s. Actually, uh, late '80s? No, yeah, mostly '90s. I know him mostly from the '90s. I know him from games like uh, Monkey Island, uh, Grim yes. Fandango, yeah. uh, Full yeah. Throttle. Uh, of course, not to mention uh, the, the, a bevy of Star Wars and, and Indiana Jones games. Uh, but mm-hmm. one I love the most is uh, 1987's Maniac Mansion was the one that kind of first me. Oh, God, God, just yeah. Their style yeah. of humor, specifically those games, the, their style of humor uh, mixed with kind of the point-and-click uh, adventure. Like, I hadn't seen anything like them. Uh, and those games were the first ones that kind of made me realize video games could be funny. Video games could have mm-hmm. a, a sense of humor. Uh, they had like a, it's like a Pixar vibe. Yes, absolutely. Yes. yes. And, and, and they brought it to all their uh, properties. And, uh, and now, sadly, they weren't really uh, that big on, on consoles, right? If you wanted to play these games, you had to have a PC. I mean, Maniac Mansion kind of made the jump. Uh, but the, Yeah, the, kind of. Kind of. It, yeah, it was never yeah. the same as it was on, on, on the, right. the PC. And, of course, when they started coming out with these CD Star Wars games, in a time before we had more Star Wars movies, like it was the closest thing to playing uh, or to watching another Star Wars movie were some of these mm-hmm. games, you know, Dark Forces. Mm-hmm. and uh, uh, mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know if they did Knights of the Old Republic, but uh, uh, maybe another developer. But, it, was, uh, it was Bioware right? that, that did it. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I want to say it was published by LucasArts. Yeah, well, I, I think it would have had to have been. That. Yeah, yeah, uh, just for the the namesake. But uh, yeah, man, LucasArts, one of my favorite developers from back in the day, and st- still around to some extent today, right? Didn't they to announce extent, another yeah. Indiana Jones game coming uh, sometime soon? I have heard there's one coming. Yes, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. They, I mean, they haven't really said much about it, and it was just like a really brief teaser that yeah. they put out you know, kind of showing the whip curled up and everything mm-hmm. when it panned across that. And uh, it was, it had that, that wave of like, Oh shit, this is a Indiana <laughs> Jones game. So yeah. <laughs> of course I'm, I'm sure it'll basically be like an uncharted uh, mm-hmm. style of game. Um, probably, probably. What, what was the last, the, God, the last, I still, I have them right over there. The, the last two, they were on PS2. Mm-hmm. Oh, the uh, yeah, Indiana Jones like games. The, what was yeah. the temple of, Temple of Elemental Evil or something like that was 
Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, the, the, but the, I remember the second one was it was pretty abysmal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Very yeah. hit or miss uh, Star Wars games. It was right around the same time where I played uh, uh, the uh, From Russia with Love when they did that. Oh, uh, Connery! Connery did uh, provided you know extra really? ADR. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and that that game was that game was awesome. It was an awesome. It was a little frustrating to, with some of the mechanics, but it was super faithful to the film. Hmm, that's awesome. And, and and honestly, like people were clamoring. They were like, "Dude, oh my god!" They're you know what if, if they apply this to Goldfinger. Or Thunderball, you know, or even go back to, you know, not so much Doctor No, but, um, <laughs> but all the different set pieces, um, the Gypsy Camp, and mm-hmm. uh, I think I think the game starts off, you know, with the the Hedge Maze. Oh, that's cool. Uh, you know, and uh, you're you're trying to like you're Bond, but you're not Bond, and you're trying to escape uh, Robert Shaw, what have you. And so, but yeah, I know that. <laughs> Yeah, I remember playing that right around the same time and just taking those indie games and just going one and done. Like, I, honestly, I don't even think I finished them. <laughs> yeah. they, were like, they were that they were that colossally disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That from Russia with Love game, I played a few times because it was that fun. Well, uh, speaking of James Bond games, I think it's uh, another nice segue into uh, another developer on my list and probably on yours as well uh, because Goldeneye was uh, one of the Nintendo 64's highlighted games. Uh, kind of single-handedly responsible for kind of that couch co-op four-player experience um, that, 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 you know, unless you had a PC or, you know, mm-hmm. having LAN parties, you weren't getting that on home console. And uh, GoldenEye just, it had the property behind it. It had the characters you knew. Uh, but the level design uh, and, and, and just the, the weapons and the variety, uh, a lot of fun times playing that. And that's a game from uh, Rare, who uh, yes. has that under their belts, and just a, mm-hmm. a, a bevy of other uh, titles uh, from Battletoads to uh, you know, of course, the whole Donkey Kong Country trilogy on the the Super mm-hmm. Nintendo to Banjo Kazooie and uh, Killer Instinct. Yeah. Like for a while there, every property that that company touched was was just like gold. Like it, it, yes. it, it was right up there with Capcom and Konami as far as like you saw that rare name, you know it was going to be a quality title. Yep. And then there was Conquer. And then there was Conquer's Bad Fur Day, which we've talked about in this podcast before. Jay, I know you're a big fan. Love. Uh, and in fact, you, you were love you, it. you were texting. What did you text earlier today? Uh, I guess there's a plushy Conquer that you can oh, buy. Oh yeah, now. Joe Joe sent that. So <laughs> yeah, that's that that there there's there goes thirty two dollars for a, <laughs> a plush that I don't need just because it's a freaking talking Conquer. <laughs> Jason, are you familiar with that franchise or any of the uh, games from Rare? Yeah. Well, no. I mean, well, Goldeneye. Oh yeah, for sure. I have this really bizarre story. Whenever I hear anybody talk about Goldeneye, um, uh, it's ne- like spring in '98, and I have a friend who works at this. Uh, it was called Embry Riddle Aeronautical University mm-hmm. in Daytona, where I was living. It's a flight academy uh, school for people. Oh, okay. And uh, so they do concerts and stuff, and they had a concert. And they had a band there. He said, "I got some tickets. You want to? And I get some backstage passes. You want to come and see the concert?" And, and it was Ozzy them. Osbourne. No, it was, <laughs> actually, it was uh, Third Eye Blind. Oh, even better. So the band plays, and then so we go back stage, but they're not like ready to have people come back there. So we went, we left and got a drink, mm-hmm. and come back. We came back. Everyone had cleared out, 
and I went with my friend and he had this girl that he was uh, trying to hook up with or whatever. So she, <laughs> we, we go back and they're, so they're like, okay, we're going to, we're hanging out with the band. And then they're like, we want to go up on our bus. So we go up on the tour bus and the singer, uh, Stephen Jenkins yeah. um, starts playing Goldeneye. It's because they have a little TV <laughs> and he's playing Goldeneye with the bass player. The bass player's like, I don't really want to play this. So he looks over at me and says, you want to play doubles? No way. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> awesome. So I'm sitting there playing oh Sean Bean, of course. Mm-hmm. He has you know, because he has to be James. Yeah. And uh so first game, boom, he finds me, kills me instantly. Because I'm kind of like I'm like a little nervous. I'm like, oh yeah, man, you don't you don't want to beat the guy from Third Eye Blind. But it kind of pissed me off, right? Because <laughs> you know, kind of he was kind of actually it was weird because he was kind of being a dick. It was a <laughs> He was in the hallway screaming at like the tour tour manager saying, "Where's my fucking controller?" Blah 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 blah. No. So next game he kills me again. Third and third game he kills me again, and then I got really pissed. I'm like, you know what? Okay, gloves are off, dude. No more, Mister Nice Guy. Game game four, I find him and I kill him, and he's like palpably. <laughs> he was like, oh no, you didn't. <laughs> Fifth game, I find him, I kill him instantly. He's like, all right, all right, <laughs> well, all right, let's go again. Six, you know, the sixth game, find him, I kill him. He just takes the controller and he throws it at me. He says, get the fuck off my bus. What? You know? Yeah. Wow, what a fucking diva. I was like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever anybody says golden eye, I think about that ass hat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's oh, funny. Man. Not nearly as cool as Ozzy Osbourne, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ozzy, there's the lesson there. Stealing phone books. <laughs> yeah, you know when that show, when his show, uh, so a few years later down the road, when mm-hmm. his reality show came out, and I remember somebody, I was, I was watching with somebody, and they're like, they're like, this is, you know, because because it, it's a TV show, right? It's like it's everything is make believe. And I'm like, no, he really talks. He's yeah, really incoherent. And not a show. Like, yeah, no. I'm like, not no, that's act. exactly it. Just like. <laughs> like yeah, you can't fake that. Yeah. On a weekly yeah, I'm basis. Like, no, that's, yeah, that's. This is uh, that's a reality. lot of drugs. Dude. <laughs> yeah, yes. It's not scripted. He's not like in character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think so. he's that good of an actor. Don't do drugs, kids. Yeah. You'll end up like Ozzy yes. Osbourne. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd be remiss, Joel, if mm. my uh, if we didn't mention. My kid would be if uh, uh, TT Games because I've been the last five, six, seven years roped into playing so many, not so many, every single Lego Lego game on the planet. Oh yeah! Oh man! Surprisingly good. <clears throat> they are addicted. Oh my god! They're <laughs> they're really they're really funny. The and my my absolute favorite one is the the Jurassic. Park one that they did. Oh, really? I haven't played that one. Yeah, I haven't yeah, played that one yet. Yeah, so when Jurassic World drops, they're like, okay, we're going to do... <clears throat> I thought... Because it just says Jurassic... It just says Jurassic World on it, I think. And I thought, okay, it's just going to be the Chris Pratt movie. Mm-hmm. And we, we go through it and we play the whole story. And then it says, now you've opened up Jurassic World, Jurassic Park, Lost World, and Jurassic Park 3. Oh, no way. Oh, wow. I was like, I was like what? Nice. You could like pick which island you wanted to go to, Isla Nublar, Isla Sonar, <laughs> which game you wanted. You could hop hop the islands, and it's just it's just nuts. And so, and then even with the uh, like with the Marvel ones, like uh, like Lego Marvel superheroes, and and the second, he absolutely loves the second one because 
it's crazy too, like going back because like seeing where they're going to go now with the MCU, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Kang, which is most likely, you know, they're setting him up yeah. as going to be the, the new Thanos. Mm-hmm. Um, Kang is the central uh, villain in Lego Marvel superheroes. Oh, too. really? Ah. Yeah. And, and, and everything that he's done and everything that they're setting up in WandaVision and, um, and with, uh, you know, all the things I've read about Dr. Strange. I mean, it's just, you're going to look back in like 10 years and be like end game, like, eh, whatever. Wow. <laughs> uh, strong words. But yeah, if you want to, uh, to really laugh, like those games and the humor. Yeah. Good call on them. You're absolutely right. All those games are easy to pick up. They're always fun. Uh, they're always characters that you know, and so you, there's always uh, some something that you can glom onto, no matter what the franchise, whether it's Harry Potter uh, or Star Wars, um, yeah, Indiana Jones. Yeah, you can't go wrong with it with a Lego game. There was a sale, uh, maybe or so a month or so ago. I think it was, yeah, there was. Um, I think the consoles had it about a month ago, and it was yeah. on PC about a week or two ago. Yeah, and I picked up like three or four of those games for like seven, eight bucks a piece, and yeah, uh, I was oh, like, okay, I'm nice. not gonna play this now, but. I'm gonna Unfortunately, just... I paid full price. Yeah, did you? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Have, I have paid full price for some. I think the Force mm-hmm. Awakens was the last one I paid uh, full price for. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Well, I kind of hijacked there and did too. So uh, I'm gonna throw it back to Jay. Uh, Jay, what what's the next uh, developer you've got on your list there? Uh, I'd say number four on my top five series is uh, Elder Scrolls. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna go with Bethesda as uh, as the developer. Mm-hmm. I I started with Elder Scrolls. Um, I started with the third one, mm-hmm. uh, Morrowind, and you know at this time I had played several Final Fantasies, so I was looking for for more of that yeah. the RPG element. But I wanted the more Western style RPG, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and a lot of times what that entailed was like turn based, you know, kind of a strategy style because uh, they were they were trying to be more like the 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 actual pen and paper tabletop rpgs like dnd um where you're not doing things in real time and seeing morrowind when it came out and it was like it was kind of this first person uh but it wasn't like shooter it was you know you had the swords and you had the magic and uh had all the rpg elements of leveling up and that kind of started my my journey uh kind of a deep dive into the lore of, of elder scrolls. Oh, and yeah. I've, I've fallen in love with that whole setting. I've gotten in discussions online with people that uh, <laughs> discuss doing things like uh, how certain characters, you know, if, if there's a character that shows up in a game, how they relate or how their, their backstory kind of ties into this other thing that happened a thousand years ago in the, in the history, of this of this uh, setting. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, and I've completely nerded out on this on this series. <laughs> I can tell. So, <laughs> no, but that's good. So, when, yeah, when, when a, a series of games like that invents its own lore, its own backstory. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's, it, it doesn't force you to have to know all of this stuff, right? It's not uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a prerequisite for enjoying the game or even completing it, but mm-hmm. the, the deeper you dig, uh, the more stuff you're going to find, and uh, yeah, they yeah. they've just created a network of games that are that are huge. Yeah, and it's it's crazy too because the the books that you get in game that mm-hmm. you can you can just find them, uh, and they're actual like they they kind of piece some of that lore together, 
and I, I think I read somewhere like it's something like 200 novels worth of books Jesus. that they have in some of these games. It is just like, it's mind blowing. That's crazy. Like how, how could, how could anybody write that many stories and that many come up with that much lore, but they, they just have like this incredible uh, writing uh, team yeah. that puts all this stuff together. And, and a lot of the books, you know, carry over from game to game, but they also, each new game adds new books as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, it definitely is a, like I said, a well-deserved spot yeah. in, and, the, in the top five. And Bethesda so, notable because uh, didn't they just get bought out by, uh, by Microsoft, right? By Microsoft. They're yes. now part of the uh, Microsoft family. So uh, yeah. that'll probably be exclusive to uh, the Xboxes from here to eternity. Yes. There's only one other one I, I wanted to mention, and that was a pandemic. Mm. Is that a studio um, or is that a game? Yeah, studio. Um, specifically because, well, there's two there's two franchises that Star Wars Battlefront aside, mm. but the uh, the Mercenary games, I don't know if you ever played. Yes. Of them. Yeah. Um, and uh, Destroy All Humans, which... Very so oh, good. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God! I didn't realize. I didn't realize who Jack, was Jack, Jack, Nichol, Jack Nicholson talking alien. You know. Yes. Crypto, <laughs> Cryptosperdian. <laughs> I'm gonna do. I'm gonna throw one more out there from my list, uh, and I, it is one that I mentioned before. Uh, predictable because uh, yes, I'm showing my video game roots, my 16-bit roots. But uh, Konami, can't talk about video game developers without talking about Konami, or Konami, however uh, you pronounce it. But uh, yeah, creators of the Castlevania series, Konami, uh, what is it, Jay? I've always I've always said Konami, but yeah. I, I don't yeah, know I if that's Konami. proper. Konami. Konami, you say Konami, I say Konami, uh, but whatever, however you pronounce it, uh, man, they've created some great games over the years. Uh, some in their own franchise, their own IP with Castlevania, uh, the Contra mm-hmm. series, of course, Metal Gear Solid. Uh, but uh, I'm also oh, yeah. a huge fan of their arcade games because uh, yes. the, the Ninja Turtles game and the X Men game. Uh, and also the Simpsons game, right? Didn't they do that as well? Yeah, uh, some of so. my yeah, favorite yeah. arcade experiences, those four-player games. Uh, and that was another one of those companies where when you saw that logo and you heard that little chime, when he turned on the Super Nintendo. You walk into free play. the Konami code. Yes, they were responsible, right? Up, up, down, down, left, right, B, A, start. Right. You walk into free play and any of their games are the ones that are being monopolized by everybody. Absolutely, yeah. There's yep. a reason for that. Uh, sad, though, that they've kind of uh, let their um, brand um, diminish over the years. They don't really yeah. make games. They could be doing so yeah. much more with their IP. It's definitely stagnated. Yeah, yeah. They let it languish. They, they've kind of gotten they've kind of gotten seduced by the the uh, the dark side. slot machines. Yeah, yeah. slot machines and and gambling devices. Yes. And I get that that's probably bringing in more money. Yeah. Overall, than than the video games, but oh my god, it's so sad to I know to see them to just devolve like that mm-hmm. from arcades to casinos. Yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah, still uh, brought tons of enjoyment uh, to me back in the day. And in fact, um, no, that was uh, that was Capcom who did all those Disney NES games, right? Mm-hmm. Ducktales and yeah, uh, Rescue Capcom. Rangers, but uh, synonymous yes. with uh, gaming in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Konami. <laughs> All right, well, uh, you guys, any any other ones on your list? Uh, I've got some honorable mentions here we can blow through. Uh, the only one I got is my my number five, mm. and that uh, it's actually two series combined, Half-Life and Portal. 
So oh, Valve, Valve be my developer. Yes. Um, and I combine those two because they're, you know, they're they're not obviously they're not the same games, they're not the same series, but they're they're so intertwined with each other. Like the right. there's the the competition between Aperture Labs and and uh, Black Mesa. So they're they exist in the same universe. So mm-hmm. I'm like I'm fucking I'm gonna cheat it and I'm gonna <laughs> do them as, as one series. That's gonna be my number five. So yeah, it counts, yeah, man. Valve for sure. Yeah, Valve, a great publisher, and then also um, responsible almost single handedly for uh, the whole Steam network, right? And uh, mm-hmm. making mm-hmm. consolidating PC games and giving it a platform uh, in the way that Sony yeah. and Nintendo and Sega uh, had kind of been dominating. Uh, yeah. yeah, Valve, great company. Yeah. Good call. What about you, Jason? Um, definitely, we we can't leave off uh, Ubisoft because we haven't yes. really talked about. It. Yes, yes. I mean, Assassin's Creed is such a huge franchise, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? and for that matter, even Far Cry. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, Watch Dogs, Prince of Persia, but yeah, um, I'm a big Far Cry fan more so than Assassin's Creed. I enjoy the Assassin's Creed games. I typically don't go through them a second or third time or anything like yeah, that. Understand? I'll, yeah. sit there, I'll sit with them and I'll I'll play them faithfully, but I don't generally, you know. Once it's kind of like a one and done yeah. thing. Yeah. But the Far Cry games are, I, I guess, I, it goes back to <clears throat> being a, a bigger Indiana Jones fan than a than a Star Wars fan, and I, I, I would I would happily play like a crappy Indiana Jones game <laughs> on PS2 over you know replaying an Assassin's Creed game on like a PlayStation Five virtual reality. So yeah, fair enough. Uh-huh. Hey, uh, yeah. quick question: What's your favorite Far Cry game? Oh as, God! As somebody who's never played one, and I'm a, I want to get into one. Um, I've yeah, heard four is the way to go. Yeah, four is pretty nuts. Um, four is good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really, you know, honestly, I, I really liked two hmm. because I like think it was set in Africa. Hmm. It's really wonky. The mechanics are really. Uh, three was fun, uh, but four is pretty. It's really out there. Yeah. And Troy Baker as uh, as the as the as the heavy oh, yeah. as the bad guy in that yeah oh. <clears throat> is real fun. Um, but I did I did enjoy uh, what was it Primal? Primal, yes. yeah. Primal um, because then they had a, a deal a DLC. Um, it was like a like a Yeti Bigfoot. <laughs> yes. that was totally insane. Yes, and yeah. That was, had, that was kind of a spinoff of four, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. And the the fifth one was the what the. Uh, in Montana, in, the, in the, Montana, uh, yeah. yeah. What, do you, what do you call them? The uh, like, you know, preppers or whatever. Yeah, yeah religious, religious cult preppers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Far, Far Cry Five was uh, funny because like some of their le- some of the side characters. There's a character called Herc, mm-hmm. uh, and Far Cry Five was like a he's like a bumbling like redneck dude. <laughs> So it's like he's he, they're just inserted in there for like comic relief or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but no, I'm, I will definitely play the uh, Giancarlo. Yeah. Esposito. Mm-hmm. Coming out later this year, yeah. Far Cry Six. Yeah. I'd uh, say too another another Far Cry to to look at. It's also a spinoff. Uh, it was a spinoff of the third one uh, called Blood Dragon. Mm. Oh yeah, it's basically like an homage to the '90s action movies, like oh, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger and and, and <laughs> yeah, freaking it's nuts. The the whole premise of it, it's basically your your in kind of this psychedelic cyberpunkish type of world and you have these blood dragons which are basically tyrannosaurus rexes that have that have lasers on them <laughs> nice <laughs> that's that's like the big the big monsters that you're you're fighting dr so, evil would be proud 
Right, exactly. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's pretty brilliant. All right. Well, I am no closer to uh, knowing which Far Cry I should begin with uh, after that conversation. <laughs> so thanks for nothing, guys. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that is our uh, video game developers, some of our favorite video game devs uh, of all time. We've got some honorable mentions here. Uh, I reached out to uh, show regulars Joe Cucinati and uh, Mark Zamora. They have some uh, also rands that wanted to be mentioned. Uh, Mark Zamora specifically talking about Jordan Mechner, I guess, is the... Uh, the creator of the Prince of Persia reboot back from 2001 or 2003. Oh, wow. uh, he, according to him, he pioneered kind of the rotoscoped animation cinematics uh, in video games. So a uh, big shout mm-hmm. out for Mark and more for him. And of course, uh, Joe Cucinati had, uh, who did he have? He had uh, 2K Games, talked about the Bioshock series. Uh, he talked about Bioware, was uh, another one of his picks, responsible mm-hmm. for the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic and Mass Effect games. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, Double Fire. Uh, who did Brutal Legend, uh, Grim Fandango, and uh, Full Throttle, all of those LucasArts yeah. games that we mentioned. Yeah, Double Fine. Double double Fine, not Double Fire. Sorry, I can't yeah. read here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are, those are if you're, you know, if you're a fan of, of point and click, and, and I'm definitely, like, I like them, but it's one of those ones where I have to be kind of in the mood to play them. Absolutely, yep. Um, but Double Fine, oh my God, they, they make some, they make some fantastic ones, and they're funny, They've they've got like that Lucas Arts kind of uh, oh, yeah. kind of vibe to them. Nice, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess so. With uh, being behind Grim Fandango and Full Throttle, Double Fine, mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. Any honorable mentions from you guys? Uh, I haven't played it yet. I've seen it on YouTube, but uh, Untitled Goose Game, <laughs> yes, fantastic, that looks yes. great. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I showed that to my kids, and they were like, "Go get your keys. We're going to go to GameStop." Right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like they don't have it. It came out like a year and a half ago. They won't even have it. <laughs> it's it's available digital download, right? Yeah, no, that's so they were begging me to so like this, so I promised them like I th- promised them like Easter weekend I would do it, and then something came up, and then yeah, Jesus, I, yeah, I know, I know, Dad, get on it. <laughs> yeah, when you can design a game where a, a goose steals a harmonica, <laughs> yeah, from, a, from an old man, yeah. I, I I do love the premise of that game where it's basically you're just like fucking with people. Like that mm-hmm. is the premise of the game. Yep. To me, it has like super big time like a uh, babe vibe. Yes, it does. Right, mm-hmm. babe the pig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like yeah. you know they were sitting around like you know what you know what never really had a really good game was babe. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine James Cromwell in those uh, overalls. And, uh, <laughs> All right, well, listeners, uh, go to our Facebook page. Uh, you can find us, 16 Big Gladiators, on Facebook. Tell us what your uh, some of your favorite uh, video game developers of all time are. Uh, you can do that there, or if you're following us on Twitter, at 16 Big Gladiators, you can reach out to us there. Uh, and also, you'll, you'll always be the first to know what topics we're talking about in the upcoming weeks. And in fact, that leads me to next week, where we're going to be talking about Mortal Kombat! That's right, we've got a new movie! Uh, on the horizon, debuting in theaters, but also simultaneously on HBO Max. HBO if you're a subscriber Max. there, uh, as I am, I and uh, will be checking out the new Mortal Kombat game. Uh, so on next week's episode, we uh, figured it was a good time to talk about Mortal Kombat, both movies, uh, and also its long-storied video game franchise, um, dating back, what, 30 years worth of games now, basically. We're getting uh, there, yeah, for sure. We're on Mortal Kombat 11. I'm sure there's uh, 12 on the way. Uh, and if this movie does uh, gangbusters, as I'm sure they're hoping it will be, we can expect the Mortal Kombat franchise to live on. So uh, tune in next week where we'll be talking about Mortal Kombat. 
Uh, all right, yeah. Jason Forno, thank you so much for joining us and uh, sharing your yeah, insights uh, and all of your run-ins with uh, celebrities. Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> crazy. And, uh, man. I know you have more up your sleeve, so please come on again. Regale us. Absolutely, yeah. I'd, I'd love to come back. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Jay, uh, as always, nice job, buddy. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Always uh, a pleasure to be here. I'm- yeah, good. Very, very good list. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. We all learned a lot today. And, of course, uh, you, the listener, thank you for listening. Subscribe on 16bitgladiators.com uh, and tune in every week to hear us talk about video games and video game topics. All right, folks. Thanks again. And we will see you next week for another episode on the 16-Bit Gladiators. Bye, guys. See ya. See ya. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.